You're listening to the Astrology Hub Podcast, practical wisdom for living your life on purpose. Hi there, my name's Amanda Poole-Walsh and I'm the founder of Astrology Hub. And I'm Donna Woodwell, Astrology Hub Senior Editor and Master Astrologer. And we're here for your weekly forecast for the week beginning Monday, January 28th. And Donna, let's start with the theme for this week. What's a guiding principle that we can use to think about as we're navigating the energies this week? You know, Amanda, that's a great question. And I think a good theme for this week might be just get real. This is the first of the year's subtle yet supportive sextiles between slow-moving Saturn and Neptune. And this aspect is one of the ones that you'll hear astrologers talk about throughout the course of the year. And it suggests that we can find some ways to really ground in practical ways spirituality and how we connect to soul, all the way to the flights of fantasy that we have when we can't see the world clearly. All of that's up for review in the course of the year if we're willing to put in the effort to do so. I'm wondering, as you're speaking, if it would be helpful for people myself included, to almost make two lists. One list for all the things that might exist in the realm of fantasy for you. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, Donna, but I think it's sometimes hard to differentiate between the parts of ourselves that are in that fantasy realm versus the parts of us that are in this grounded realm. And so maybe even like when you talk about doing the work, having an actual list of like, okay, here's where maybe I'm like, I'm living out there in fantasy realm, but these things actually may have an opportunity to get grounded in this year. How can I do that? How can I begin to ground these things? Yeah, it's an excellent question when it comes to Neptune. So really, when you start asking that question, we have to take a step back and understand what Neptune means, astrologically speaking. You know, in astrology, all of the planets are like energy principles. And so Saturn brings us down and grounds us and Jupiter uplifts us. It connects us to something bigger than ourselves. Mars sends us out chasing something. Venus attracts things to us. Everyone has its own principle. Neptune is probably the hardest planet to describe for Western astrologers because it's literally the planet that has to do with the boundary between being and not being. And so as a planet of non-being, in a sense, it has to do with our sense of soul and things that connect us to something that is very difficult to describe in words. We have to feel it. And when we feel it and experience it, we know it as the numinous light-filled experience that it is. But because it's impossible to pin down, it's all the places where we, we let our imagination in the sense of making things up so we feel connected to something bigger that emerge out of the unconscious. That's all Neptune too. So are all our desires to run away, run away and escape. So binge watching things that on Netflix, that's Neptune. And so is the opioid epidemic in the United States. And so is the rise of attempts for suicide. Those, because, you know, in a way, suicide is the ultimate escape. I'm out of here. And figuring out how all that fits in and being able to see it with clear eyes is part of the work that we're doing this year. I'm not sure how well Neptune applies to list making, unless it's, it's more of the kind of experience where you sit and meditate, then come back from the deep meditation and try to describe your experience. Does that make sense? It does. It, it just confirms why it's so hard. It's like this 
nebulous, moving, shifting thing. And, and that's my desire to create a list is coming from that place of like, how do you pin it down? But it sounds like it doesn't really want to be pinned down. So I get what you're saying for sure. In a way, Saturn and Neptune, they're very different kinds of energies. Neptune doesn't want to be physical. It just doesn't. Whereas Uranus energy, Uranus doesn't want to be physical either. Actually, none of the outer planets want to be physical. That's why we can't see them. And so they're all working in these transpersonal, deeper realms. But with Uranus, it's a little bit easy to wrap your head around because it just, it just wants to break things. It wants to break free. And that energy we understand in our modern world. Neptune wants to dissolve away and in a no fuss kind of way. When it's involved, we want to, you know, go off to the monastery or just sit and dissolve in, in watching a sunset or the ocean. It enters a realm of timelessness that is so antithetical to modern world where we live by the clocks. And yet it is such a healing and creative space to be in. And so it's kind of encouraging us to make space for those transcendent experiences so that we can enjoy them and yet not get lost in them. All right. We digress. <laughs> let's go to the forecast. So Monday and Tuesday, let's talk about those days. Well, this week, Monday and Tuesday are definitely the best days to get some work done. On Monday, the moon is in Scorpio uh, and making some rather nice alignments with Saturn, Pluto, and Neptune. And so it's a good day to get to the bottom of things and find some creative solutions, maybe to some places that have gotten you stuck. Um, you might be able to see something that you haven't seen before. Then on Tuesday, the moon has moved into Sagittarius, which could bring a much-needed dose of optimism. We could all really use some optimism right now, right? But with the sun meeting Mercury later in the day, it's not hard for folks to get inspired by the sound of their own voice, you know? So we may hear some extra speechifying that day. Okay, so then by Wednesday, we are diving into the darkest part of the moon's monthly cycle. You know, there's movement, but it's all what they say is sub rosa, under the rose. And that's a word that means in secret places. It's an undulation of those deep places of mind and heart. That's what the dark moon really is. It's a time to work in places that we don't usually bring the light of consciousness. And so when we work with the moon, we soon realize that we're spending one quarter of our time in that darkness. You know, think about how our life would shift if we allowed ourselves to be in that recharge place once a month. How much more creativity we would feel bubbling up from those dark places if we could allow it to flow freely in our lives. I think that for so many of us, this is a journey to that more feminine element of uh, that dark, incubated, creative space, the place where babies come from, you know, the darkness, but really the, the place of creativity. And, and for me, at least personally, it's been this journey to a more feminine embodiment in my day-to-day -day reality that has made me actually look forward to the dark and make look forward to the downtime versus thinking of those times as like unproductive or not as valuable or times that I just need to get through as quick as possible. It's like, no, there's a lot for us there when we pause, acknowledge, and even celebrate in our own ways those times. I mean, what's been your experience with it, Donna? You know, I am so 
well acculturated into the the Western mindset of it's always better to keep thinking and to fill up your mind space with all kinds of noise and get another book and another something to well basically anything to avoid that space and unfortunately for the last two thousand years we've been doing a lot of that because as you said I think it's really tied into our patriarchal heritage、um, that we've split the world into the light. Being the rational and the reasonable and the well illuminated and the dark, which we try to escape from, we even demonize it. Whereas, if we just look at reality and in the natural world around us, we spend half our time in the light and half our time in the dark because that's how the world rotates. And to to shut off the dark, you know, what are we doing to our understanding of the? Polarity between masculine and feminine when it's half of ourselves. So I struggle with that a lot as well, and I don't know. If there's a simple answer. It's it's something that we need to be mindful of and practice from day to day. Absolutely, and I think mindful is a great place to start of just acknowledging where you feel that time and space is potentially less valuable. You know, sit with that. Like, do do I value? The light, the day, the illuminated—what you just said—the rational, the movement—it's really the action and like the doing. Do I value that more than that time that is more internal, more、um, restorative, more contemplative? It, even just starting with that question: which, what, where, which one am I more comfortable with? Which one do I value more?、Uh, and then working from there, because I, I think you're right, Donna. Getting to a place where we're valuing both for what they offer us. For for the gifts that they have is an internal well, it's externally reflected in the way that we relate with each other,、uh, you know, males and females,、um, in, in the way that we relate with ourselves, the feminine aspect of ourselves versus the masculine aspect of ourselves. And you're right, it is a journey. And I think that we're basically most of us on this planet are on that journey right now of learning how to value both because we see what happens when it's out of balance. Exactly, and it has so many implications in how we spend each moment of our day. I mean, just as you were talking, I was thinking, "Gosh, I have to walk my dog every two hours. What do I do with my time when I'm walking the dog? Well, I can listen to a book on tape because I don't want to be with the silence. But isn't the silence something that I need to? Or how do I go to sleep at night? Am I listening to music, or am I watching television, or am I reading a book and let it fall asleep with it on my face, or am I open to sliding gracefully into the dream world? And I mean, everything in between that could have some pretty profound implications if you could just look at the things you do every day and shift your focus just a little to make more space for those open-ended. Explorations of what could emerge from within. You know, so funny. It's bringing us, bringing me back to that, that our original Neptune conversation. I think what's harder about it is it's harder to pin down. It's harder to see. It's harder to predict. It's harder to know、uh, what that actually is. I mean, as we're even speaking, it's kind of like this nebulous, shifty, like again, hard to pin down. And I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about birth. And I don't know if any of you have seen. There's a movie called "The Business of Being Born," in which they talk about how birthing has become an industry, very lucrative one. And I was reflecting on my first birth that ended up being a C-section, and my second birth that was a 
natural water birth with a midwife and a doula. The difference between the two, the first was in a hospital, it was predictable, it was scheduled, the doctor knew exactly how long it would take, knew pretty much exactly the outcome, and it was clean in that way, right? Versus the other birth, the you know natural, quote unquote, natural birth that it could take three days or it could take four hours. There's a mystery involved. There's an unpredictability. And it's getting to that place where we feel equally comfortable with both of those things. And again, I just want to say that I, I think it's a journey and I think it's an internal journey each one of us is on and a great place to start, just like you did, Donna, is with that self-inquiry. Like, where do I feel more or less comfortable? Isn't it amazing that astrology can help us with this process? <laughs> astrology helps us with everything, in my opinion, my humble opinion. I know I'm biased. All right, let's go to Thursday. On Thursday, we do have the exact sextile between that Neptune and Saturn, which we've talked about in the beginning of this podcast already. And so we've got a year-long opportunity to, to continue to work with the energies of finding pragmatic or concrete, physical, grounded expressions of those dreams and hopes, or really learning how to tell the difference between what's fantasy, what's our projections, and what's actually happening in front of our faces. Um, so you've got a lot of time this year, although we'll have at least three passes, and this is the first one. And oftentimes the things that happen during the first experience or around the first contact between these two planets will be repeated in the following passes through the year as kind of like um, a refrain in a musical number. We keep coming back to that refrain. Now, the nature of the angle between them is a sextile, and sextiles in astrology are considered easy. So easy that the energy is subtle, and if we want to ignore it, we can just let the opportunity go by because there's nothing nudging us and nothing forcing us in that direction. So this is another thing to know about this process this year. It's not like someone's going to come up to you and say, you must do this. It's much more, hey, you know, I could. I could change the way I think about things. I could change my perceptions that will have benefits to you um, as we move forward through the months and the years of the calendar. But if you don't want to, it is totally up to you. Okay, so diving into the weekend ahead, one of astrology's more complicated aspects, that's Mars squaring off with a moon, falls on Friday, uh, February 1st. And this aspect only occurs on average about once a year. And Mars, as I said earlier, is about asserting yourself, following off on a quest. It's kind of like an action hero, but it also has a tinge of being a little feisty or a little aggressive. All planets have uh, expressions that might be positive in some circumstances and negative in other circumstances. And it's squaring off with Pluto, and Pluto is, well, power and deep transformation. All He's the lord of the underworld. So you put those together in a difficult aspect, well, that's everything from, at best, being present to the challenges that force us to dig deep and find the strength to find a new path for our own lives. At worst, it can symbolize all kinds of things like violence and aggression, even vengeance. So big emotions like these in astrology are never easy. Well, I, I know they're never easy for me, but Amanda, how do you deal when you have these moments where you feel that you're really tied into the primal elements of your life, you know, be it anger or even the desire to, um, you know, get back at someone for something that they've done? 
Really great question. And again, one of those big things I think all of us are working on. So what I've started to do recently is pay attention to when I'm having those experiences. So when I'm triggered emotionally, something comes up, I feel fear, I feel um, anger, I feel rejection, you know, whatever it is. And instead of instinctually responding, (laughs) so responding from that place of instinct, the way that I always do, and the way that I've noticed that this happens is there's this desire to be reassured or connect somehow to the person that I'm feeling, that I'm responding to. So there's like this knee jerk, like I need to do something about this right now. Right. And there's a way that we always do these things. Like there's a predictable way. Like maybe we, maybe we try to connect with the person through like yelling or throwing a tantrum or ignoring them in withdrawing, you know, whatever that habitual response is, paying attention to that and pausing long enough to choose something different. Because when we can choose something different in that moment, it doesn't even matter if the thing we choose is, is the right thing. The fact that it's different is already unraveling a pattern. So this to me is, again, some of the hardest work, but I think that learning to do it, one of the, one of the themes that came up in the 2019 forecast event was this ability, this year that's, that we're being called upon to step into our alchemist and to really be able to sit with the swirling, triggered emotions that are in the body and they feel so overwhelming in the moment. You're just like, oh my God, I got to do something about this, right? And learn how to transmute those, learn how to actually turn those into something beautiful. (laughs) And it's, that is magic. To me, that is the ability to do magic because when we lash out or react from that place, we are only spreading more of the ugliness. We're only spreading more of the pain. So if we can take it and turn it into something different, we are actually doing magic and now spreading an entirely different vibration out into the world. Oh, that's so beautiful, Amanda. You know, that's one of the benefits that has been recognized for studying astrology. Probably one of the reasons why it's been around for 2,000 years or so. It gives you what I believe psychologists today would call the witness perspective. It allows you just a little space between how you feel and how you respond. And just by having a little bit of space, you get to reclaim your ability to choose. And it's in that choice that you become you know, the conscious co-creator of your own reality, which is exactly what you just described so beautifully. And it's what enables people to not just recognize that we're living in a, an atmosphere with all these subtle energies going on, but also not be completely subject to them. You know, it, it's like knowing that it's going to rain, but you also know that you can get an umbrella and so you're not going to get soaking wet. Oh my gosh, Don! I can't tell you how many times since we've started this podcast, I will go back and listen to our own words. You know, we are actually having these conversations and be like, oh yeah, we were supposed to, it was going to be intense this weekend. So AKA it was going to rain this weekend. And this is an invitation for us to like practice the pausing thing, you know, practice the taking a breath thing. And so yes, I'm going to do that. But it's exactly true that this witness perspective is available to us just knowing like what the energies are, what things are being elicited from us. And then 
really consciously working with them versus just reacting. So yeah, big work. I mean, it's not easy. It's like, I, I, we even know all these things are happening and we still have to be reminded by listening to our own podcast. <laughs> like that's really funny. Yeah. It's, it's the work of a lifetime. Yeah. This is what the original, many of the original astrologers were Stoics. And what Stoics were trying to do is find that equanimity to recognize that we're just living life. It's not necessarily good or bad. We're living it. And by being present to it, that's where we get the sweetness from it. And that astrology was part of that process. You know, Mars square Saturn is, um, is not good or bad. It is. But we tend our, our, our physiology, our, our etheric body or our nervous system tends to translate it as, you know, the urge to fight on some deep unconscious level. But we don't have to give in to that urge. And that's why we have choice in the matter. So we're, wor we're working with this dance of fate and free will in a, in a way that can help us evolve who we are. And there's not much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do, we, what do we have next? All right. So let's move into Saturday because Saturday is a complicated mix. So we're going to have to break it down step by step. Now, the moon's in Capricorn. And the moon in Capricorn is not the most comfortable place for the moon to be. The moon likes to feel, well, it likes to feel, it likes to feel protected and safe. And Capricorn can be a little stark and um, straight laced and kind of like having to sit on a wooden chair instead of one with like nice soft padding on it. But it does encourage us to take a hard look at what's actually going on around us. So you might find that you need to really simplify and clarify things in order to feel safe and secure. The moon always provides the lens through which all of the other planets are, are expressing themselves from day to day. And on Saturday, as the moon sits with Saturn and Pluto, both of which have had to do with the endings, death, the underworld, but also the harvest that comes when, let's think about what a harvest is for a moment. We don't usually, since most people aren't agricultural anymore in our, in our culture, if you want to eat, you know, you want to eat wheat or any other vegetables, you basically have to kill it in order to have something to live off of and then plant the new seeds so that something else can grow. And so that there's a, a real direct link between destruction and new creation. And that's the kind of energy that we're working with this weekend. So it's a time for pulling out the weeds so that you can make space for your new life or digging deep in the, in the earth so something new can be planted. All the while, it's also getting a, a nice happy little kiss from that elusive Neptune and a stare down from from that feisty Mars. So there's an awful lot of mixture of energies going on on Saturday. If that were enough, to top it all off, the planet Venus, which has to do with love and desire, is also resonating with Uranus. So, And Uranus encourages us to seize freedom to chart our own course. So you put all these things together and you know something's ending. Something's ending to give us more freedom in our lives. But you might already know that it's ending and that the ending is actually for the best. And so what are you going to do with all this? Well, astrology is all about finding stories and telling stories, finding the plots that fit the characters of our lives. And so what this day 
they might mean for you might be very different from what it means for me simply because it has different things to stick to in our lives. But above it all, if you can do what we've just been talking about and and preserve that witness perspective and try to keep it simple, um, it could be a very powerful day for finding some deep transformation in your life. Clear skies are returning on Sunday. This is when the love goddess Venus enters pragmatic Capricorn. She's willing to get down to business in this earthy sign, which might help keep our wants and desires from trying to run the show. Mercury also meets with very jovial Jupiter on Sunday, and these two may make it a little bit easier to see the forest despite all the trees. Having a little distance from situations may help us make better decisions, which is time to do soon because the new moon in Aquarius is coming on Monday. But for that, you'll have to wait until next week's forecast. Also the Chinese New Year, so you don't want to miss it. All right, Donna. So my biggest takeaways for all of you this week are number one, get all of the things that you need to get done that are very um, practical. Get those done early in the week, if possible. Um, You're going to be more productive earlier in the week. And a theme to be paying attention to in your life this week is around the feminine and the masculine, the light and the dark, what you're more comfortable with, what you're least comfortable with, what you're avoiding, um, and maybe start to move towards those dark places within your consciousness or within your um, subconscious that you've been afraid to move toward. So start to tackle some of those things and work with them consciously. Um, The third thing is to remember that we have to make space for something new. So that might require pulling some of the weeds out of the garden to enable some new growth. One of the things that Vic DeCara, one of our inner circle guides for 2019 said during the 2019 forecast was that we need to see where the cancer, where the um, unhealthy things that happened in our lives in 2018, where those are still with us, still kind of dangling with us and start to get rid of them because this is a rebirth process right now. And we need to protect the thing that we're growing, you know, whatever it is, that baby that we're birthing, whatever we're creating, we need to protect it. And in order to do that, we need to cut some of the things out that are toxic for it. So paying attention to that in your life and this is a fourth thing, but I just have to say it. We have a nice sweet ending on Sunday. So we can we can think about that. Um, and uh, yeah, those are my takeaways. Donna, thank you so much for this wonderful forecast this week. It's been fun as always to spend time with you and all of you out there. Thank you to all of you who have subscribed to the podcast and left us reviews and ratings. It is so wonderful to connect with you that way. So thank you very much for doing that. And thank you all for tuning in, for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on Thursday's episode, episode 10, featuring Nina Elshoff, who's going to be talking to us about the Chinese New Year. She leads lectures and workshops in conceptual feng shui and in nine-star key astrology. So we'll be talking about all of it, what we can expect for the Chinese New Year and into 2019. So check that out on Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as it's available. We'll see you all very soon. Are you ready to learn more about astrology, take your work with the moon cycles to the next level, and experience what it feels like to be supported by a thriving community of like-minded and like-hearted souls? Then we have the place for you. Join Astrology Hub's Inner Circle, a global community dedicated to spiritual growth, lunar forecasts, and mastery classes with leading astrologers. Simply go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle to learn more and join us today. Reconnect with your childlike wonder of the universe 
and rediscover your place and purpose in it all. Join our inner circle today. Visit astrologyhub.com slash inner circle and get in our inner circle today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Astrology Hub podcast. We can't wait to continue exploring with you and bringing you astrology's most practical wisdom so you can live your life on purpose. We'll catch you on the next episode. Hi, this is Chris Kaplan, the producer of the Astrology Hub podcast. This episode is over, but check the show notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and rate using the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts.